Now it's True Wealth presented by Little John Financial Services. Here is David Littlejohn with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome to the True Wealth Radio Show, the greatest Tuesday you have had all week, and possibly the greatest Tuesday you will have for the rest of the year. Oh my gosh. Is that because it is the last Tuesday of the year? No. Oh, couldn't okay. I, couldn't that there's gotta be more compelling reasons than this is the last Tuesday of the year. How is this the last Tuesday of the year? It is. I know, it feels right? really weird. What's really weird to me is so I remember twenty twenty and like, please let's never do that again. Mm-hmm. Right? Twenty twenty one, which was uh awkward in so many ways but as investors it was like woohoo right yeah 2022 are you feeling the woohoo i'm no oh my <laughs> gosh 2022 it's like please let's just close the books on this thing and move on already what if you own tesla right now are you feeling the woohoo you just had to didn't you you yeah. had to i mean the good news is we no longer do Mm-hmm. And um, feel even better as it dropped 11% more today. Yeah, there's uh, a report of a plan for China to halt production. So yeah. that doesn't sound good. So it's really interesting to me where Tesla is at. We had this conversation. We said it on the air last time, mm-hmm. right? We said it on the air, which was that the, the thing about Tesla is that it has, for the longest time, it was, well, it's not a car company. You just don't understand. Right, it's a technology company. You're mm. not investing in a car company; it's technology. And now that Elon Musk is apparently like public enemy number X, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, apparently it's a car company now, and it's going to be compared to other car companies. And I've heard all the rationales, and here's what I have determined: markets are like people; they are fickle. That's accurate, right? <laughs> like just. We could have a long list of all the different examples of it's, the ways that certain stocks have been fickle. I mean, sometimes it's just when something is kind of broadly known, right? I mean, my joke has for years has been when you get when you're getting advice from the shoe shine guy or today it's like the Uber driver, right? And they're giving you stock tips. So the the Uber driver is the modern day uh, shoe shine guy, yeah. right? But but when you get stock tips from the Uber driver, you know, from social media influencers, at that point I'm like, okie duck. Right? So this it's funny because before it was cool, I remember saying it wasn't investable. And then I remember saying, well, at least there's earnings now, so you can make some decisions about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I remember the PE ratios coming down to like it's 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 growing into its profits and it's still growing. Right. The the thing that got really hard in this last quarter was, uh, or really the last six months, has been the turn of opinion. Just a sentiment change around. That's, that's yeah. the, that is the terminology. That's that, Yes. The change in sentiment has become toxic. Mm-hmm. Now, at some point, I'm going to suggest, um, this is not a recommendation, and nor am I going to give a number to it, but I'm going to say at some point, this isn't going to be cheap. Mm, yeah. Okay? Because the one thing that it's not being valued on is it's still the pace of growth. Right? I mean, everybody's saying, well, compared to like what revenue of a Ford or GM or something like that, it's, it's paltry. But I would suggest that 
relatively speaking, the growth rates uh, for Tesla have been hands down bigger than Ford and GM. So, like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, take take it where you will. Uh, there's a lot more competition now. I saw an article that came out over the weekend that says this may be the year of the EV, right? The cheap EV at that. Uh, by the way, I I, th- I will go out on a limb and say I am not convinced for a number of reasons to include the capacity of the power grid itself, the availability of the raw materials to make the batteries required for electric vehicles. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into producing the EV than a gas-powered. The network of available chargers and the compatibility or lack thereof of said chargers... So I think that there are a number of factors here. Like, if it's a local grocery getter kind of scenario for you, it might be great, Mm -hmm. right? Hey, you know, I I do under 50 miles a day typically, and I can plug my car in overnight and trickle charge it. And I wake up the next day and I got 50 more miles, and it costs me $4 to charge it. And I'm like, yeah, you might be in a great spot for that. I think Chevrolet realized one of the big issues with EVs. I saw an advertisement that if you buy their their Chevy Bolt, the, I believe it the is. Bolt or Volt. Yeah, yeah one of those. Volt. It's Bolt, I think. Now. Yeah, the Volt, Volt was the one that was the, the hybrid. The original one, yeah. yeah. Now it's the Bolt. They are willing to pay for someone to go to your house and install a charger. And I think that might be part of the hang-up here, right? Because it's a specialized charger. you got to have your electrical system set up for it. And I think the Americans want things easy. They want it convenient. If you have to always charge it somewhere and wait on it to charge, it's not convenient. But if someone's willing to come to your house and set up the charger and Chevy's going to pay for it, well, now. Yeah, well, we will see. I still maintain that what happens when you have an aging power grid that's not capable? You know, you can that's handle the a biggest few, part. but at what point are you like, yep. well, how are, you know, what's generating the electricity that fuels exactly. the car? Exactly. I mean, you're right. California's already proven that the, the grid can't handle it. They mm-hmm. have rolling blackouts and it's a mess. So. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, and this is just because I have family there, they were having rolling blackouts in the Carolinas, evidently. Really? Because of a massive winter storm and the, the, the grid couldn't keep up with the heating requirements. Is that? A real thing. I didn't that's, know that. You know, okay. this is hearsay. Yeah. Right? Uh, anecdotal hearsay, but it that's Yeah, I believe it. That's what I've been told and I have no that's, reason that's not actually to kind of terrifying when you think about it. That a big push on the electrical grid can cause that many issues. It's th- there are some some real reality checks that need to be considered in the adoption and deployment of electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. You know, the infrastructure itself. Now, one of the things that was interesting about solar. Now, solar has some really cool stuff and some things that you still need to consider. Like, for example, it's not really well known what the lifespan of solar uh, systems is. I mean, somewhere between 20 and 30 years is the projected lifespan typically. But conditions can certainly affect that. And presently, the recycle technology for that is very poor. So when it's dead, then what? And I've heard they're really actually toxic to just throw in the landfill. Yeah, I, I, I can't speak to that. It would not surprise me, but mm-hmm. I can't speak to it. So, But what it suggests is that the right now the technology for recycling and recovery isn't there. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the cost for recovery isn't there. 
and you consider what it's trying to do. And in a lot of areas, like it's interesting, in summertime in Oregon, solar is pretty pretty great. Mm-hmm. Wintertime, it's pretty awful, right? So yeah. it's this. It's not a consistent power producer, mm. but the benefit to it, right? Before we just you think we're all sour on this, the benefit is it creates broader distribution of power creation, which relieves pressure on the grid. That is true because you can, I'm air quoting this, sell the electricity back to And not grid. just that, if it's being produced, right, it's augmenting the need. Yep, and so too. you are essentially helping to keep the system charged in a distributed fashion. So you don't need, I think of it as probably not a great analogy. I'm not an electrical engineer or anything, so what do I know, right? But in my mind, I have it as, imagine if you had to have this super powerful current on one wire way far away. You got to drive current all the way down the wire to the very, very other end and get, and I think in like Christmas light terms, you have this voltage loss where mm-hmm. the LEDs that close to the power source are bright, but as you get to the end of the light, it's they dim. Well, you have voltage loss even on big cables. Yes. And so if there's voltage loss over enough distance, then you've got an issue. Well, if you have substations that are generating power, you're essentially re-energizing that cable. Yeah. And so I I feel like that's just going to reduce the amount of pressure required or, you know, the amount of electricity at the origination point. Again, ah, what do I know? I'm just a knucklehead on the radio that talks finance. I don't know solar or I don't know the power grid. I just know that it's aging Mm -hmm. and that this infrastructure was not originally expecting to have to charge an electric vehicle. Right. So if everybody in your neighborhood all of a sudden started doing this, you may actually have an issue with generating enough electricity to get it done. Mm -hmm. Or you'd have to upgrade the wiring in order to be able to transfer enough power to Mm -hmm. even charge all of those vehicles at one time. So it's, it's just interesting to me that uh, sometimes we lead with uh, rhetoric. Instead Maybe, of, yeah. Well, it's just not pragmatic. It's I, I guess you can't sell it, right? I don't know that how politically you would sell the idea of, you know, getting in front of a, a crowd and and you know getting your equivalent of a Greta Thornburg to say, the environment needs us to make smarter decisions. So we need a 30-year plan in order to transition to alternative energy sources that will not destroy the economy, but will acknowledge where we want to head, right? Uh, Like, nobody cares about a 30-year plan. They're like, 30 years? I'll worry about that tomorrow. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, no, if we don't do this, we'll all be underwater by 2016. It's like, dude, it's 2023 almost. Like, whatever. That it's it's ridiculous, right? I mean, we've been predicting the end of the world forever. Why? Probably because it's useful to motivate some people. That and hot news like that sells. Yeah, it might. So, what other hot news have we got? Well, I would love to tell you about it, David, but unfortunately, I think we should probably take an obscene profit break. Obscene profit break. All right, we can do that. All right, we'll come back. Other news important to you. Uh, I, I have a couple of thoughts. One of them. Um, we'll share it when we come back. Stick All around. Right. This is Dave Littlejohn and Matt Dixon. You got True Wealth on News Radio 939 FM and 1240 KQEN. All right, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. This is Dave Littlejohn in studio with Matt Dixon. Matt, how do they get caught up? Well, they should probably tomorrow 
hit our website up and find the podcast, they can go to littlejohnfs.com, and you can find that podcast under the Educate tab. All right, so there you go. And at some point, the website is going to get, it's 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 a maturing. It's it's going to get a, a, a new iteration coming soon. You should check it all the time and see when we launch it. Anytime oh now. yeah, the new and improved website. Exactly. So uh, here we are, going into the end of the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. By the way, if you're just joining us, yeah, we were talking about you know, Tesla collapsed. Okay. I mean, it fell another eleven percent today. And it kind of led us to thinking about the power grid and, uh, you know, are we going to have other electric vehicles and so forth? You know, how's Tesla valued? And, uh, but here's the thing. I think it's a it's more indicative of this bigger thing going on. You know, one, sentiment can move the markets in the short term. Mm-hmm. Right. Two, investing is tricky. Right. I mean, let's if, if we're really honest. Tesla lives somewhere between investing and speculating. Yes. Right? And one of the reasons I would say that is because you've had different people trying to rationalize different values, and you had arguably a car company, Mm -hmm. right? And and I say that because the lion's share of its revenue comes from car sales. Right. But you had people saying, well, no, it's really a technology company masquerading as a car company. Mm-hmm. And they were betting the farm on that. That's why they were investing. Well, and many have, and people still still are are mm-hmm. right. Uh, you know, was it um, is it Kathy? Is it Wood that does Kathy the Wood with Arc? Yeah, right. I mean, she's really there. She's big on emerging technologies and sort of game changer technologies. Mm-hmm. She's big investor in Tesla. She bets the farm. Yeah, but she doubled down again. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm back at about 135 or oh, so. Gosh. Ouch. And today's Tesla's price it is it's currently at 109. So, it's rough, okay? Mm-hmm. But but the thing about investing is here's where people sometimes miss the boat. Okay? Or they just I'll, I'll say they you fall into a trap. Mhm. And it's the timing trap. This is really, really hard. One of the reasons I want to talk about this a little bit is today we spent some time. Now, I've been doing this for years where I will do projections around this time of year. So I usually publish them sometime in the first week of January, publish projections for that year. But I start doing research now. So you wait toward the end of the year. And it's the holiday season. Things usually slow down a little bit. You just get a little time to breathe and to settle. And for me, I find this is important because it's a chance to really calm the little voices in your head. Get a little bit of perspective going into the next year. Well, just try to turn the emotion off. You know, looking 12 months out, it's much harder to to use the emotion of the moment when you're trying to say, well, what's going to be happening throughout the course of the next year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the daily noise gets quieter as you start to look further out. I think that's really important to consider as investors because even on our program, we have this tendency to talk about what's timely and relevant, but that can alter your time horizon. Mm. You don't mean for it to, right? It's just you start thinking about things a little bit shorter term. 
there that's not investing anymore right you that's, start to switch to speculating mm. you know well i want to try to move in now and then i'm going to try to move out then and and you start thinking well, if i could just sort of trade in and out and bob and weave a little bit more i could make all this extra profit and it could be amazing and i'll just tell you that statistically the odds are really really against you you know one of the reasons is because there's lots of people watching you do it right i mean there's computers and market makers are watching the order flow from the markets at large so they don't just see what you're doing they see what everybody's doing and you I mean like we talked about this before just do, so do our listeners know what a market maker is you know i think we've mentioned it a couple times but i don't think we've ever really gone into the detail to explain what it yeah. is so there's this term called broker dealer okay mm -hmm. now broker you probably think of right uh, but we've heard these phrases in other businesses too i often compare this to cars because it's it's something we're familiar with right and it's not i have no intention of demonizing car dealerships either by the way you, you know you can all have your own experiences with them but you know they provide a service and and so forth so the the dealer uses their own inventory okay so a car dealership has cars on the lot and you can buy from their inventory that they possess the broker will match buyers to other people's inventory probably easiest way to describe it and then okay. charge so a, a stock broker is the person that says oh you'd like to buy a stock i'll get it for you and then they can go on to an exchange somewhere and they'll get it mm -hmm. okay car dealerships do that too i really wanted that car but i wanted it in blue and you only have red no problem we'll sell it to you and they will and they'll go find it and bring it to you they're operating as a dealer or as a broker in that transaction rather mm -hmm. right so they're just in between you and the seller as the middle person that's exchanging for connecting the two parties. Right. So that market makers are the ones that are trading out of their own inventory. Okay. There are brokers too that are just matching up participants. And a lot of this any longer is just electronic. Right. So brokers, it's not people doing it. Just computers saying, well, there's a buyer over here and a seller over there, and here's the agreed upon price of the market, and we matched them up and made the transaction occur. Sometimes the seller is a market maker that's willing to accumulate shares at a certain price. They have their reasons they're willing to own the shares or they're willing to sell the shares. Okay, So that's what a market maker does is they facilitate transactions as well, but they have their own inventory. And I think you're really at a handicap when you consider that there are lots of market makers that have access to information and order flow from all over the place. This is what makes trading so difficult, right? Uh, I'm not suggesting that it's impossible, but it's difficult, and most people fail at it, statistically. Mm -hmm. So we don't like to talk about it. We like to talk about investing. And investing involves that take a longer look. And so like, what's the difference between investing and gambling? Well, I would say that gambling, you go in without a real set of rules, whereas investing, you're, you're a longer-term thinker. You're yeah. willing to, to be involved in the game for longer. Well, and I would suggest, too, that a couple things are really key. First of all, when gambling, there is no asset backing up what you're doing. It's mm -hmm. just 
hoping the circumstances of a game where the odds are against, against you, you don't go against you. Yeah. Right? And then you can get into sports betting, but that's really interesting too because in that case, the order book is kind of like a dealer. Yeah. And what are they doing? They're just balancing the different bets from the parties that are for or against, mm -hmm. and then they're setting the odds and handicapping in order to try to take advantage and make some profit for themselves and balance the risk between the two different betting parties. Right, but when you're investing, you're buying into something that actually holds value. You have ownership of something. It has assets too, right? Mm -hmm. If you buy a company, it usually owns stuff and right. does stuff to make money. So really what you're investing in is that company's ability to improve the outcome, right? right. to become more profitable or more valuable. That's the risk. You know, your 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 investment your is, you know, will this company successfully continue to grow and become more profitable? And the other risk is am I investing in an environment where I could have invested elsewhere and, and received more. a better return? Yeah. Right? So you have opportunity costs and real costs. Well, I say this because a lot of people still look at it and say, well, you know, investing's just gambling. And I yeah, go, well, I trading that. can be, mm -hmm. for sure. But investing, if you're if you're vetting it properly, shouldn't be. But that's why Tesla was such a hard conversation, right? Because mm -hmm. how do you vet Tesla? And the answer is, well, it sort of depends on how long you're willing to deal with it. And what do you think the outcome is? And, and guess what? You can get it wrong. Right? I mean, you can say, well, my, my investment thesis is this, and I'm wrong. And as a result, I was willing to pay a spot here, and then other people disagreed with me, and the price changed, and it went against me. Okay. Well, then at that point, you were, if you're honest again, you were speculating somewhat. Yeah, and I feel, and I could be going out on a limb here, but I feel like when you do your research, right, and you go into this, with an understanding of what it is that you're buying, it becomes less and less of a, and I'm air quoting this, gamble. Because oh, yeah. with Tesla, right, look at the, the price that you have to pay for a dollar of earnings in that company. Mm -hmm. You're paying a huge premium when you buy Tesla because you're expecting huge growth. Mm -hmm. You could go buy, you know, a different, any other stock, right? Maybe they're, that maybe the price that you're paying for a dollar of earnings is a fourth of that, and they have even more revenue as a company than Tesla, and maybe they have way more, you know, double the earnings. Is that as much of a gamble? Right. Probably not. Probably not. And so, in the end, uh, and I, I, I like that you, uh, you know, make make this point too, but where I think it's it's less and less speculation and more and more investing, the more proven an organization is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, when we talk about Amazon, I don't question whether or not Amazon is viable. I question whether or not they can incentivize more people to use them, whether they're going to grow their uh, web services more, whether they are going to bring on new product lines. Uh, we've talked about, I mean, I know they've attempted groceries before. They've attempted different delivery mechanisms. They've talked about getting into the prescription fulfillment market in, in pharmacy, which would be another huge market they're not currently in. Yeah. So you look at those and go, okay, there's some runway there where their proven stuff will continue to generate revenue, mm 
but they could add more. Still doesn't mean it's impossible something could go wrong, you know, regulatory otherwise. Right. But it's improbable. And so, you, you know, that's where the investment, and that's also why you don't bet the farm on one thing. Right. Okay. Because again, the, as we've said this on the show before, if you want to get rich, concentrate. If you want to stay rich, diversify. So investing is about staying rich and outpacing inflation and so forth. Uh, that you know you concentrate too much and you're back to speculating, and that's just a, that's just running the numbers, right? You know it's a all or nothing event. Right. Then you better be right if you only take one shot. So in layman's terms, what you're saying is, if you have all of your money in Amazon. That might be more of a speculation, whereas if you own Microsoft and Amazon and Apple and maybe a little bit of Tesla, and so you're spreading, well, you're your, spreading risk your risk out. out. Yeah. Yes. And and here's kind of the, the, the sum up of this segment is uh, the the idea is when you're investing, you want to follow some some rules for safety. Now, that being said, when is it okay to concentrate? Ooh, I okay. Yeah, this funny, is question. funny question about this, and no, I'm not going to make you. Okay, I'm not going to make you wait. Then. I'm just going to tell you, like, when is it okay to concentrate? If you have crazy amounts of money, mm-hmm. right, and you can afford and, and you can to afford have, to st- you can afford yeah. to lose it and still be really wealthy, right? Or you can lose half of it and still be wealthy. You know, like when you look at uh, Jeff Bezos at Amazon, and when you're worth, you know, billions. Right, you're you know you're worth a hundred billion dollars. You go well. What if my stock falls by twenty five percent? You go, then you're worth seventy five billion, which is still billions. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you. It's still a butt ton of money, and right. so your life isn't going to change with with that kind of lot. Now, if it goes to zero, okay, that that's a, a bummer, right? But you know when you're giving away money already. Because you have so much of it that you have nowhere to put it. When you're taking bridges down to move your mega yacht and then rebuilding the bridge so that you can get it out of the harbor, okay, I would suggest that you have silly money and the concentration risk is a little less of a risk to you. It's not that it's gone, but so you tell me, like, when should you be less diversified? When you have stupid, crazy money. And if you don't know what that number is, you don't have it. Yeah. Okay, good talk. We got to take a break, so stick around, and we will be back. Uh, One of the things I want to talk to you about is as we get to the end of the year, how should we be preparing for 2023? Mm, That and more when we come back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. Yeah, True Wealth. On News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Don't forget... If you want to get caught up, you can grab the podcast at littlejohnfs.com. It's under the Educate tab, which is what we attempt to do on this program. Is that all we're attempting to do? uh, That's it. I mean, we're going to do it as dry and boring as possible. I don't know. I feel like I'm such a nerd. I I don't know if this is even an interesting show or not. Um, (laughs) If it is is. an interesting show, let us know. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I will tell you, we'll have our favorite segment. We got we got some new ones coming up. Our financial terms at the end of the show. So I like uh, it. feel free. It's not too late to submit those and see if we can get you on the air. How do uh, they submit? Go ahead and text it to 541-375-0898, or you can email info at littlejohnfs.com. If okay, we're looking for fake financial terms that you made up. Not, yeah, not right? like a long sentence, just one word. Well, here's the thing. that Some people, tr- 
they'll like send the definition. The idea is you send us the term that you want us to define. That's okay? the key. Whether or not it's real is up to you. If it's a real term, uh, then you know we'll probably give you the real definition. But if it's a term, the, the fun part is, does it sound financial? Yes, that's right? the key. And so if you can make it sound financial, that's even better, right? So we're, we're building up our glossary of financial terms. It's going to get published on our webpage soon. So, feel so free someone to join can us. be immortal. They can live on our website forever. Or until we stop paying to host the site, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, one of the two. Okay, so uh, you can email info at littlejohnfs. Uh, by the way, if you're listening on the podcast right now, uh, this is sort of an evergreen deal. So you could still email or text those numbers, and we will add them to the list. All right. So when we've, we've talked now about a bunch of stuff, but here we are at the end of the year. One of my favorite things to do, and I usually do this end of the year in the beginning of January, is talk a little bit about, uh, well, one, 2023, like projections. Mm-hmm. How, are, how are we viewing things and what are we prepping for? And then goal setting. Okay, Goal setting is just a really big one on my list. I challenge everybody on my team to set goals. We set goals as a team as well. And then we like we review those goals and see how, well, how do we do, right? So that, that's a big part of the DNA of our practice. And uh, there's lots of reasons for that to include accountability. Sometimes you change your mind, right? Hey, you know, we had this goal and we discovered that was a terrible idea. It's good to know that too. Sometimes mm-hmm. you want to know to stop going down the wrong path. Right? Yeah, what's <laughs> I, I mean, how many times in your life have you thought, "Hey, you know what? I am doing the wrong thing here." And then you didn't stop. Unfortunately, <laughs> probably too many times, right? That's the like, thing. Like we're all guilty of it at one point or another. At some point you got to wake up and be like, "You know what I should do? Less of the thing that's not helping." What's really scary is if you don't wake up and you just keep going down the same road. Yeah, that's a negative ghost rider. <laughs> so First of all, how do we avoid that, David? We write set goals. Set goals, write them down, are look we, at them often. Are you setting smart goals? That's my question. Uh, they typically are, yes. Okay. But you're using an acronym. I know I, you are. Are they here's measurable? The, here's the cat. Can you actually give me what smart God, stands it's for? It's been years since I've had to deal with this. Um, yeah, so you throw it out there, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. all right, that's what you get. I remember one piece is, is it measurable? So yeah, That's like, the M in yeah, smart. Yeah, that's the M. Um, oh, man. Um, well, help me out I'll here. I'll give you a hint. Rhymes with is specific. Uh, specific. Yeah. Yeah. Are they specific? Are they measurable? Um, what was the A for? Actionable. Actionable. Um, oh. Relevant. Is, oh, man. And, you're really good at this. And time bound. Time bound. That's the other one. Okay. When are you going to be able to assess yeah. whether or not you and, were and able to achieve Yeah. The, 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 the takeaway from all this is really simple. Like, if you say things like, I just want to be happy. I would say that's a terrible goal. Not because the idea is terrible, mm-hmm. but because you have no way to measure happy versus anything else. It's completely and subjective. And when do you want to be happy by? Well, and, and how do you know if you got there? Mm-hmm. Right? It's just there's so as opposed to saying, I want to make sure that I work out at least three days a week. Yeah, work out, work out. Yeah. And David, this is a financial show. Give me a smart financial goal that our average listener might be able to set for themselves. Give me something that's applicable. You know, I want to make sure that I have a a budget completed by January 31st, and I want to make sure that I am saving $250 a month into my retirement plan every month. 
Boom. That's a good one. I hope someone's writing this down somewhere. You're throwing gold out here. Give right. me one more. I'm I'm liking this. <laughs> you want me? I'm making goals for somebody else. Yes. Well, or what if they need help making their goals because they realize that they can't do it themselves? Then they can call Matthew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they can call you. Matthew would love to help you with this. And and I I chuckle only because they go. I I really do encourage you to make goals. I think you need to have somebody that you're accountable with as well. And we have encouraged, and I will offer this again as well. Uh, if you want an accountability partner, you can write your goals down and email them to us, okay? And we will schedule them. And what we'll do is we'll quarterly check it and say, okay, here were your goals. How'd you do? Yeah, okay? that's a good idea. And so we will set that up and we will remind you and at a quarterly basis for the year. And then you can hold, you can be accountable to us. Accountability okay. is a huge piece okay. of achieving and, goals. And I got, we cannot make you do it, but what we can do is remind you you committed to this. Mm-hmm. Okay? But there's something magic about writing the goal down, first of all. Uh, and, and every now and then you come across a goal, and then you discover like it really wasn't as important as you thought. That's okay. But, mm-hmm. but I would suggest writing it down. And so, yeah, I'll make that offer. If you want to – if you – have goals, send them to info at littlejohnfs.com, and we will. We're not going to turn it into a spam list on you or something like that. That's not that that doesn't work anyway, no. right? Like, yeah, you, you got to figure like if some company's willing to spam you, that's lunacy. We're like, we're in the relationship business, I'm not going to spam you, it just piss you off, yeah, right? I'm not interested in that. So, I mean, I could do that on the radio. Come on. So, so so why do you think most people fail at achieving their goals? I mean, one of them, obviously, we just touched on it. It's accountability. They don't have anyone to be accountable to. Well, sometimes they miss the, the ones that are, like, relevant and actionable. Uh-huh. You know, you make a goal that's just so exotic right. that it's impossible. Like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I have $20,000, and I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of the year. Yeah, and that's, and that's just one of those that go, you're setting yourself up for, for failure. failure. Yeah. And, and you may say, well, you know, you need to aim high. Even if you miss, you'll be better off. So unless the goal is demoralizing, mm-hmm. right? You know, if if you're – it'd be like at this point in my life saying, you know, I'm going to become an Olympic sprinter. <clears throat> and, and I would just say, well, first of all, I don't know that you ever had the genetic potential to achieve that, even if you had worked your tail off. And second of all, just from a – physiological perspective i am past my athletic prime and there's no way around it that's a dumb goal to me mm-hmm. but to say i want to get to where i can run 400 meters again in under 60 seconds mm-hmm. that is possible at my age it's ambitious but it's possible right right you know probably wiser to say under 70 seconds right but but if i did that there would be tremendous health benefits to it mm-hmm. it is realistic it's still challenging and, oh, and by what date? There's the right, and by what yeah. date? For yeah. sure, for sure. So, uh, you, you know, that would be a way to. Uh, but again, I think a lot of people they just they get ambitious in their goal setting because uh, you can't. The other is you can make it so dumb that it's like it's not really a challenge to you. It's like I want to keep breathing. Okay, well, if you don't keep breathing, you don't have to worry about goals, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that I love simple. that. Like, so, so don't make us that. That is a useless goal. Like, like you, there's, there's. Don't bother. You're wasting everybody's time, including your own. Yes. Okay. And yes, I'll tell you that because I care that much. So, you know, I I love that on this show you don't pull 
Like, and you just say it how it is, right? I love that about you. You're just, <laughs> just going to come out there and you're going to tell them how it is. Everybody knows this stuff. If that hurts your feelings that somebody says, don't, don't make a goal of keep breathing because now somebody somewhere out there, if you can find a way to be offended by that, what I would say is you are working your way into a level of specificity that's unfair. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what if it's a person that is fighting a disease <laughs> and they really do have to do that to live? And I'm like, then they can have that goal. OK, but for the everybody else but that person, cut it out. Right. Like that person, even that person knows you're bucking this this trend. Well, it's just this like, modern like trend enough and I love of it. the being offended on behalf of somebody else. Yes. We right? need more like, of that. My solution to for for you being offended for somebody else is shut up and mind your own business. Mm hmm. Right. Well, now I'm offended for me. Great. Then it worked. Right. Stop borrowing somebody else's problem and hijacking it for yourself. That is the best advice there, I think I've heard. There could all be your week. New Year's resolution for 2023. Yeah. Just deal with your own business. Clean your own room. Then worry about your neighbors. Oh, I like that. Okay. That's that's the, my motto for 2023. Right. Gonna... Yeah. Just clean your own room. Yeah. Like if everybody started with that and if you haven't figured that, first of all, if you need to do that, then do it. Right. But it's also a metaphor for your life. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. Glad we had this Everyone's talk. Everyone's always trying to fix the world and fix their neighbor. It's like you got to kind of fix yourself first, don't you think? It's it's really remarkable when it's easier to throw rocks at a problem that's so big that nobody can solve it mm -hmm. rather than address and your own shortcomings. I really feel like that's where our nation's at right now. Oh, right? geez. Are you kidding? We invent things to throw to, rocks to, at. to like feel bad about. There are there are people that have genuine hardships in the world. Genuine. Mm -hmm. But take a look around. I make this point often. Most of us live better than royalty did 150 years ago, probably 100 years ago. Yeah. We may not have the amount of wealth they had, but in terms of general creature comfort and convenience, they would trade their life for yours. Of course. Right? I mean, you have air conditioner and running water and climate control or temperature controlled water. Like, that's remarkable, right? Mm -hmm. You can have a warm shower. And you don't only get it once right? a week. You have, <laughs> most of you have broadband internet in your pocket right now. And if you have a heart attack, someone's going to get you to the hospital and. Right. And, yeah. Like, you, you know, like you have so you have many things modern that are amazing. Like a hundred years ago, childbirth was terrifying. Mm hmm. Right. Today, the probability of you dying in childbirth is super, super low. Mm -hmm. Not zero, but super, super low. Like we just I don't know how we got on this on a financial program. It's kind of a rant. Right. But guys, we have so many things that are great. And, and what do we do? And, and if you're saying like, we, you know, no, we still have more work to do. Sure. But if you get myopic and only focus on the weird fringe thing mm -hmm. and you only look at it in the fringe circumstance and, and you make that everything, I would suggest that you have a gratitude problem. Yes. Okay. Like you are really stuck in a world where you don't know how to be grateful for what's already out there. And yeah, that is a that's a hard existence when you can't like take a step back, recognize it ties, the, the beauty around it you. It ties back into it's hard for you to be successful and to achieve your goals if your focus is always on the problems of this world. Yeah, well, again, if 
if you're worried about somebody else first. Mm-hmm. Like if you want your goals to start working, and, and here's the other amazing thing about it. I'm not suggesting that you should become selfish about this. Quite the opposite. Take care of yourself right? so that you can take care of others. Yes. Right. This is the old put your own mask on first before you put on the kid's mask on the airplane, right? The oxygen mask mm-hmm. analogy. Because if you're a wreck, how are you going to be able to help anybody else? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's actually a really simple one. And uh, the, here's the I guess this is the great news, right? There's probably a bunch. You know, we have some listeners that may actually be offended by this and which I go like, well, OK. Right. Like because I'm willing to risk that really am. Mm-hmm. And then we have a bunch of people that are like, yeah, that. Okay. Those like the like they're, they're really, they're kind of, feel, because the vast majority of our listeners, I just know if you're listening to this program, one, you're probably interested in learning. You're trying to, sh- you know, sh- like sharpen the, the sword, as they will say. Mm-hmm. You want to learn something about finance. Maybe you find it entertaining, but for whatever reason, like the listeners that we have, they're generally smart and they get this stuff. Yep. Right. The people that tuned out on this stuff, it's unfortunate because they're the ones we can't reach. Mm. Okay, and and this is it's not a partisan thing. This is not a, a racial thing. This is not a gender thing. It's not any of those things. It's just like this is just a decent human being thing. Yeah. So, you know, the decent human being calls wrong wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and celebrates the things that are are good, and tries to be additive in our culture. Right? Like let's let's add more than we take away. Those are really simple. Okay. So there's, there's your true wealth advice for the year. And so I would start with clean your room, right? The metaphor, take care of your 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 person. And here's the other thing. If if there's some stuff that's way out of whack, you want to know what's exhausting? Giant list. Oh, like, yeah. Like you do a brain dump of every problem you have and everything you want to do, you will panic yourself. I just had a great conversation over the weekend with somebody. I'm not going to say who they are just because it's not – you know, because I don't want to. But the the point was this great conversation about like how a list can be really overwhelming sometimes. So you have all these things that you want to do. It's okay to do a brain dump. You better know what that is, right? Just write it all down to get it out of your head because that'll relieve some stress. But if you look at that and it alarms you, you don't need to think about it that way. You need a list with like three things on it, one of which should be pretty easy, mm-hmm. right? It should be like a really almost a sure thing that you can accomplish it. Because that's the way you get through a list is find something you know is a good, easy win and then get a streak started where you can add some more wins to it. And you don't have to be super competitive. I just use the term win. Call it a, you know, you want to cross it off the list. You need some momentum. Right. Okay. And so that's how it starts. When you have no momentum, when things are rough, start with anything that can get you going. This is actually, there's a there's a great speech. I forget who did it. They turned it, it was a it's a book too, but called make your bed. And like, why do soldiers make their bed in boot camp when that's the first thing when they wake up, why make your bed? And it's because you've got the first accomplishment out of the way. Hmm. And it's something that anybody should be able to do and do well. Okay? That makes sense. And so you make your bed. And again, if you're the person that can't, it's like, that's enough with the people that look for the way to the, the gotcha enough. Okay. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is that if you can make your bed, start with that. And I don't actually care if you make your bed. But what I mean is find the thing that you can do that gets you started because momentum requires getting started. So if you do the first task, you can do the second. And if you do the second, you can do the third. If you finish all three, you can look on the list and do a fourth. 
And then you can keep looking on the list and do more and more and more. And before you know it, you're eating that elephant. Yeah. And so that is the magic, right? It is. So good. Well, I've had this. There's now we're <laughs> we have in the in our final minutes, Matt, we've got our our financial term of the week. Oh, I'm now, so glad that we took the time to do this because this part is really fun. So we got a couple here. I am going to I have two of them that I think are really interesting. There's a couple. Uh, I'm going to read some <clears throat> and some I'm not going to read. Right. One of them is cluster. I don't know that I, I can define cluster in financial terms. If, uh, if if you were, what would you call it? In financial land, a yeah. cluster would just be when the you know you've got the phone ringing, you've got this thing going on over here, and you've got someone in, behind you wanting your attention, and it's just a cluster of a day. You can't yeah. help everyone. You tried, <laughs> but you just couldn't. You know, Pat, you always crack me up because it, it ends up being these circumstantial definitions. You're yep. like, it's this life definition. I'm like, so to me, financial. If it was cluster, I think of it as a cluster I would call that is when you get multiple dividend payments in the same week. Hmm. Yeah, I like that one. That's good. <laughs> I just like those that's happen. A, those that happen. Like it was a cluster. Well, yeah, you you know we got a bunch of dividend payments. They all hit this week, so you know it was a uh, like the 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 paycheck showed up right. Ah, that was a cluster. Good deal. Um, I'm going to skip the next one only because I know what somebody's doing. It's initials and it has to do with the president. And I'm just going to leave it alone. Um, G O A T goat. We know greatest of all time. And what would that mean in financial? I, I don't know. The greatest stock of all time, which would be uh, punt. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> right? going there. Here's one that's pretty fun. And then we'll get to our final one. So, um, digressionary capital, digressionary capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's just the money that you have that just keeps losing. It keeps digressing. That's that's my term. <laughs> money that keeps going. Yeah. Digressionary digressing. capital. Uh, I think that is when you are when you've developed a financial plan and you're spending on things outside of the plan. That's digressionary capital. Ooh, that's a good one too. Okay, and here's my fun one. Uh, the last one of the day. Um, and and it's anti-financial or anti-financial, <laughs> anti-financial. I'm not even touching that one. We got, That's all we you, got David. Thirty seconds, Matt. That's all anti-financial. This one to me, uh, there's probably going to be some politics with this. I can't leave it alone. I, yeah, I didn't know right? how to jump on it's, that one. It's like uh, this would be uh, when you have any kind of um, protest group that is funded by an undisclosed party. The anti-financial <laughs> is the financing wing, the undisclosed financing mechanism of a... Um, <laughs> and it's secretly funded through FTX. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, but, but so, so if you're a protest group, that's the funding sources, anti-financial. So, yep, and all right. We're funding you in Bitcoin. That is it for the day. The music telling us it is time for the send-off. Matt, for those that would like financial assistance uh, in, in investment help, financial planning, how do they reach us? Give us a phone call at 541-375-0890. All right. That, and you can always go to the webpage at littlejohnfs.com to get more. But we are out of time for now. So 
until next time, this has been David Littlejohn and Matt Dixon. You've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 939 FM and 1240 KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Littlejohn Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.